0: We the are. rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. Peter Piper. Peter Piper. Peter, Piker? Peter Piper? Peter Parker. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter Piper picked a pepper. Purple pumpkin. pool
1: eaters. You're all over the place with this. Let's see. I've been up since 4.30. That's fantastic. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do this. Mm. Okay. Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a lounge-like post-style drinking show for creatives and artists. From all walks of life. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. The main topic today is know your customer and your audience. Before we get too far, allow me to introduce the master of inventory unknown, the man determined to do his best even if he breaks his favorite tools doing so, Mr. Paul Ramey.
0: All all that is true. It is. I was very, uh, I was a little bit... Underwhelmed by your hello on this one. Um, hello, know, welcome to the All Walks
1: of War Podcast. It's I, to be, uh, hello, I know. I just, I don't, you know, there was a little little hint in the introduction there where I said, uh, you're determined to do your best, even if you break your favorite tool. Some people who know the folklore will understand why we're drinking the beer we're drinking today. So you might, might d- have to the do the date
0: it. special, ain't it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just spitball in here.
1: <laughs> well today, this speaking of what we're drinking, today we're drinking a Scottish ale from Three Floyds Brewery called Robert the Bruce.
0: I had a Three Floyd's one time, I think.
1: Yeah, we had zombie dust on here before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which which one is this? Is this this? No. That is something That's, I got a fun little story to tell about that one. So we'll Which will... one was the surprise? The the surprise is not Robert the Bruce. And this is Robert the Bruce. Yes. Okay. Yeah Robert the Bruce is a nice uh, reddish-amber color ale. Color. we going yeah. to this. Get yeah, yeah, go anytime ahead. Anytime
0: you make me drink two big beers, there's never any water. That's oh, yeah. That happens, yeah. But that's
1: all right. We can get a water machine. Yeah. Of course, I'd probably like, you know, a Kool-Aid in it. it. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I think I'm getting, I think you've worn me down. I think so. Give it a shot. See what you think of it because I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, well, you didn't, you didn't have a cross face on you. That means it might be all right. I don't like it, but it's year than yeah. what we normally have and stuff. Um, if if those of you listening don't know the story of Robert the Bruce, don't take Mel Gibson's word for it because it's that's kind of a cheesy movie. But uh, what do you mean it's a cheesy movie? It's a, it's a cheesy movie. Uh, go learn it's about a him. Fucking and, classic. What do you mean it's a cheesy movie? It's <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I mean, I, I own it and I've watched it several times, but there's there's a little bit of a, a weird twist in the movie that I don't think is.
0: Well, they're trying distort, to make it cinematic.
1: But, yeah. They also didn't go into,
0: into detail about how brutal the guy actually was, and he wasn't a nice guy, and he wore a belt made of human flesh.
1: Yeah. So, what you know, it's was a good, He was a good guy. Life. Of his time, he was a good guy. And then,
0: you know that guy that plays Robert Bruce is in a movie called Robert Bruce, I believe, mm-hmm. and
1: mm-hmm. came out after that. Yes. As like a companion piece. Yeah. So that guy could get work as yeah. an actor. So, if, yeah, if you're wondering about the folklore, what I meant in the beginning intro here, you can go learn about it. Uh you can actually you can Google it and probably find everything you need to, to
0: know about so it. So what's the so, saying to break your own instrument to do goes or something? What is it? He
1: uh
0: Okay, I'll just I'll spell yeah. beans. I
1: was wanting the people to go to look it up. Well right nobody's now. gonna do that.
0: I know. So basically he yeah. Nobody wants fucking heart, uh, homework <laughs> and an art project
1: to do. They're trying to listen to this show on the right. way to work. All right, in, in the spirit of this show, I'm gonna do this for the audience because we know our audience and they probably don't want to go look it up. There you go. So Basically, Robert De Bruce had a battle axe, and one of uh, the English knights was charging him, and he swung so hard at this guy's head that it went through his armor, split his head open, but he broke his axe that he loved so dearly on this guy's face. So, hmm. pretty brutal, really, when you think about it. So, it kind of goes along with your idea about this yeah. guy being brutal.
0: Well, he killed the guy. Well, no,
1: but. Well yeah, he killed him. I mean, <laughs> William Mollis was was brutal. Yeah. I don't know about Robert Bruce. Was he brutal too? Yeah. Yeah.
2: He
1: was he was actually well, I don't want to get into that that much this show isn't really about Robert De Bruce. <laughs> could be. It could be.
0: Yeah. Well, that's ain't too bad there. Either. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the fun before we get into the, right. the meat of this discussion, I poured meat. Paul another beer. The it's golden lager. It looks like any it looks typical like light, yeah. Yeah, and you look, want me to drink this? Yeah, give it a shot. Drink all you want, really. Well, because I, I then can. That will be none. I can arrange to have you driven home if you need. Is it that strong? Just try it. It's it's a weird one. Not bad. Really, pretty good,
2: actually. Well, that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. Kind of watered down. It
1: is. It's a good. It's a good grass mowing beer. Sort of. I'll get to that. In like a a quick, it hasn't stopped bubbling. I like that. Yeah. Cool. So. The big deal was. What is this? This uh, got urine No. And I'm going to drink it too after, um, after, you, after we get through this, through the story. It's all right. Um, and I'm not even running my timer, so I'm going to hit my timer real quick so Mother, I, I don't yeah. go too far. So the, the deal is, a lot of times in the evenings after work or uh, this week, in the evening, um, getting home early evening and, and just needing to clear my head from all the day's work, uh, I've been getting into my rusty nails, mm-hmm. right, and drinking those, having a few cigars, one too many usually, and I'm sitting out there, and I start drinking this beer I picked up at Kroger, at the at the grocery store, and I'm 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 sending them back. I'm like, man, I'm not I'm not feeling any. I must be a drunk. You know, and I keep going with it, keep going with it. And I just keep tasting it, keep trying it, keep trying it. Is this non-alcoholic? It's non-alcoholic. I went through six of these motherfuckers before I realized. I was like, it's not me, it's you. (laughs) That's pretty cool. It is. So, needless to say, it's made by Heineken. It's 0% alcohol by volume. Well,
0: it doesn't really tell you on the can very good, does it? No,
1: it's really, it's kind of hidden. I mean, you really got to look for it. And it says alcohol free on the back. Real tiny. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of, kind of wanting to take ease to work. Go ahead and drink them yeah. right in the office. And just should. wait that's for somebody to rip me off. You know, it's like, hey, you can't do that. You gotta go to HR. Okay, well, this is gonna be real f- silly. <laughs> but well, that's pretty wild. It is. So I mean, there so What is, do you think
0: about that? It doesn't I, have
1: alcohol in it. I mean, honestly, I don't taste a huge difference between the versions of Heineken. I really don't. I've got both versions in the, in my my garage fridge. And I, I tried them both out and, you know, I guess in a pinch, if I know I got some driving to do, that's a, that's a good one to, you know. If you like the taste of that. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't. Which I, I, I just enjoy beer. What's wrong with lemonade?
0: So what is it, if it don't have alcohol <laughs> in it, what's it a drink of? I don't understand. I don't know how this, it's just fermented. It's just non-fermented it's, hops.
1: Yeah. Non-fermented beer. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that pisses me off.
1: Well, well that's least, perfect. Uh, that's a perfect place for us to segue into getting into it. So I need to ask,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how important is it to know your customer?
2: Well, now, uh, Speaking of this, let me, let, me, let me kind of
1: segue into this a little bit better. As a musician, you have an audience and you have a customer, mm-hmm. right? Your customer is the person who buys your merch, buys your music, Supports you as a musician, your audience may only just appreciate it or they may appreciate it enough to be your part of your tribe where they actually go out and share what you do and actually could get you some sales too uh and there's kind of a combination of both you can kind of be both right same thing goes for uh a traditional artist like myself. You have your audience who appreciates your work who might they might be a student who wants to learn how to paint like you or whatever and uh, then you also have your customer who is your uh, your client your commissioner mm-hmm. however, whatever you want to call them uh collectors that sort of thing so i i need to know as we break this down it's kind of it's kind of me and trying to get into my head here a little bit but I need to know what do you think about how important it is to actually know that differentiation and that 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 legitimate breakdown of who these people are
2: if you don't care about making money then it's not important at all but if you're trying to
0: if you're trying to reach a wide audience and and you're trying to sell merchandise and um <clears throat> you have to know you you got to my particular, you know, my main band, I'm not going to, we're not going to get too metal necessarily. Um, when we play a lot of, you know, biker shows, a lot of, we're a lot of, we're party rock, biker rock, you know, southern, southern hard rock with a pinch of metal, but
2: we're not going to, if we're concerned about playing, the. Playing to that audience, there's certain things we're
0: not going to do. Our merchandise reflects that too. We're a, we we've got a we play to a big biker crowd, and and our shirts reflect that. It's got that kind of a look, got that kind of a feel. Um, that's who we are. I think that's important. You're not
2: going to put you're not going to put shirts out with I don't know a bunch of Satan stuff or a bunch of a uh, um, bunch of uh,
0: I don't know flowers or <laughs> You know, if, right. if you're, if you're targeting gearheads and gearheads like your stuff and that's what you want to do, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm in the metal and, and other bands, um, that I'm part of are in that, but you got to know yeah. that's a different audience. It's a different demographic. Yeah. It's yeah. a different lifestyle. So.
1: And that's actually a good point. You, you kind of touched on there. You can, you can, as an audience member or your audience could be interested in lots of different things, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's your customer who's paying the bills for you.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, definitely. So, so you're not going to put out a, you know, necessarily a new metal song and be a band kind of like I am. That doesn't mean that you might not do that in another outlet or you might not have that, that, uh, you might not have that side to you, but it's going to come across as, as weird probably if you put yeah. uh, a full blown, but that influence may trickle in. I mean, that's one thing about MG Flash is, we don't really set out to purposely try not to do this or that, but we just kind of let all of our influence triculate in. But if, if too much death metal or, or, or power metal or country or whatever slipped in then all of a sudden it's not, it's skewed. It's not really hitting our target right. audience as much. Right.
1: And a lot of bands do that. A lot of bands mix and match. And sometimes for me as a customer their music i I get really irritated sometimes with the album, really this doesn't fit well how does this get on the album? You know, mm-hmm. what influence does this have on the rest of the album stuff like that but it again bringing us back to uh a lot of traditional artists too it 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 goes the same way if if I paint um, let me think of something that would actually work for me if i if I did a lot of cartoon characters,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right. And focused more on that look than most of my core customer would not understand why I'm getting away from traditional work. Now the audience might like it, you know, in fact on YouTube and, uh, Twitch and some of those other things, I'm almost better off to kind of go the more pop culture route versus what I normally do mm-hmm. simply because it's, it's something I'm having a hard time getting this out of my head. I got too many other things in in my head going on too. But um, if I'm if I'm not careful, I can really alienate my core customer
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for the sake of an audience, and that's scary because again, the audience that necessarily does not necessarily pay the bills, but they might get you into a wider audience that does.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's a little. Little, um,
1: this am I making any sense?
2: A little bit, but it does seem like that somebody that does
0: like fantasy art, you, somebody that's into them, they're not really interested in watching, looking at them painting flowers or still life or something like that, and vice versa. If somebody's got a, a following and somebody's really following your art and they're used to you painting, you know, wine bottles or, or Whatever. And then all of a sudden you're doing erotica. It's jarring. People get used to, and I'm not saying that's right, but I think an artist has to be allowed to, to branch out and do different things. But sometimes if you just, if you change that abruptly, you can you lose your core audience. If I start playing music that's totally different than, than what they're used to, the people that normally come and see us, they might not, they might not be into this new vein. It might be something better for a for a side project or a different band than mm-hmm. than to try to well, this is my band, this is what I do. Well, it is, but you have a sound and then the, the, the goal come becomes, hey, how am I going to do something fresh and new and still stay true to our, our core beliefs, our core foundation, what we sound like, make it sound like us. Mm-hmm. That's that's a challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a challenge. And i need to I need to say this too, speaking <coughs> of our audience i I have a sincere apology to make
2: oh yeah
1: very yeah, sincere yeah, very sincere. I missed the deadline oh goodness I did with um, most of you don't know, and I'm not gonna bring up any specific details, but uh Paul and I had a a change in our schedule uh, yes, over the did. last couple of weeks, things really got kinda out of hand, and um it made me kind of lazy. In yeah. a lot of ways, because it's like I'm, I'm not a morning person, but at any rate, I missed uh, the deadline for August 19th, episode 69, which incidentally is our late episode anyway, because we did that at 30 a.m. That's so hilarious. So if you're listening to this uh, and you're like, well, what happened to that Thursday? I never heard it, you know, because I didn't upload it. So that's, well, When you going to upload it? Probably tonight or tomorrow, probably. Yeah. I say probably because there's still a lot going on. But, you know, that's life. But
2: It's only Sunday.
1: I know. But people listening to this episode are going to go, wait a minute, tonight or tomorrow? Uh, huh? You know, so hopefully by the time you're listening to this episode, you've already heard the late episode. <laughs> time is fluid. It and is. It's just a construct. It is. It is. But, yeah, it's, it's I think, I've, I mean, I had one episode where I didn't get it uploaded until 3 a.m. instead of uh, midnight. So that one bothered me quite a bit. This one is real bad because I'm a couple days late. Getting it uploaded, um, but such as life, everything kind of got in the way, and
2: uh, there's a lot of things. Difficult. There's a
1: lot
0: of part shortages yeah. around the world. There's a lot of a <laughs> lot of shortages. So well, if we're a little behind, yeah, bit yeah, blind, yeah,
1: yeah, I can't blame the pandemic because it's. I mean, it's all done. I didn't delete it like I did the other episode. We did that once. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. That's probably our best episode. No one ever heard it. <laughs> <Except us. laughs> so we're I'm talking specifically to our audience you know I know you guys dig this kind of stuff.
0: So but yeah, it's just like that. People tuned in to hear us, you know, argue and ramble and talk about <laughs> art and art related things. Yeah, yeah. Two if,
1: two guys, two creators walk into a bar and talk about nonsense. Yeah. That's what it so is. So now
0: if we just started talking about if we if if our next episode was just about uh, physics. wood physics or wood <laughs> grain or just wood grain unrelated to how it sounds on a guitar. Speaking of
1: wood grain, look at this. Oh, that's cool.
2: Pretty isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, no one wants to hear that.
1: Yeah. You're probably right. I think we're losing them. Are we losing anybody? I hope not. Um,
0: you still pissed me off about
1: this whole Braveheart thing. Cheesy. (laughs) What about Rob Roy? I liked Rob Roy.
0: Those are two of my favorites. Yeah.
1: I like the part where he gets hit in the face with a rock. That was fantastic. I like when he grabs the by blade. I don't know. I don't know. Do we need to sell to everyone or is targeting the market better?
2: You can't please everybody. You have to kind of, you can have a wide
0: target, but you have to have a target.
1: If yeah. 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 How, do, how do you define your target? I mean, do you have a vision in your mind? I, I mean, I do. When I, when I think of my customer, I, I actually know an age range. I know male or female. I know what kind of home they live in, generally what kind of cars they drive, you know, all these things. It, it's a little bit creepy. When you think about it, cause it's like, it's almost like FBI profiling mm-hmm. and you're going, well, this is my, my customer. And every now and again, you get thrown off. It's like, well, I never expected my customer to be like that. You know, they just show up with a wad of money and make me happy <laughs> <laughs> and they turn out to be pretty good customers. So sometimes, you know, you're, the targeting. might be wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you just really can't judge a book by its cover. I know that, but uh, I think when you're spending money, it's important to to know how you're spending your money so you're reaching the right people. Right. You know, it'd be stupid for me to advertise in Mad Magazine, maybe. Right. You know, if I, is, it, is it even still around?
2: <laughs> it got smaller, I think. And no, no. I don't know. A dead airspace
1: here. Dead air mic. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> it's It's a deep thought for me though because i I really get into this. I mean, I could get really passionate and just completely go off the rails on this episode, but I don't want to mm-hmm. uh I do think that targeting the customer is important, and in my case, the way I see it this is this kind of this might help a lot of other artists who are listening to. I have a a definitive line between um the people I share my content with Mm -hmm. versus the people I share my art with. Um let me let me rephrase that because that that sounds a little bit confusing too. If I make a painting, there's a specific person I'm targeting in that painting. Mm -hmm. However, if I show somebody this is me painting this painting, that's a totally different market. Right. Because I'm doing that for content creation. For example, we're we're doing this episode. It's not really my place to determine if abstract is good or bad or if traditionalism is good or bad. It's if you're an artist listening to the show, it's a little bit broader audience. I know that, but you're also not my target customer. Right. So it's kind of really, we go down a dark path here if we're not careful because you don't want to alienate people from experiencing what it is you do. But you also need to really focus. I think you really need to focus on the right customers. Otherwise you're just gonna be chasing shiny shit every time you go around.
0: You do, but at the same time, I think you have to there's nothing wrong with with starting a painting and thinking, okay, I'm gonna paint this and somebody in this bracket's gonna like it, somebody that that would be into this is gonna like it, whatever you're you're trying to, to narrow that down, that's fine. But I think if you're just just for the sheer sake of expression. I think sometimes you just gotta paint stuff for you and be damned who who's a target audience says you're the target audience because you're trying to make yourself happy. You're trying to do something that you like. And with music, that's how I've operated a lot of times. I try to make stuff that I think I I would like. This is something I want to listen to. And then then you go from there. Now once you you played out and put out a couple CDs and people kinda know how you sound, then that's a little bit different if if you're writing and and something comes across maybe too heavy or too far out there or something, you might think, well, how can I frame this into what in, into what what I've already done? How can I widen that circle a little bit? Maybe li- get a little bit in there, but you're always playing a dance. But if you change everything, like if, I mean, here's this example. We've talked about me doing some vocals and MG Flash, something I haven't done. And that's cool. And that's neat. That's a way to broaden the, we're going to do some stuff that sound different. It's it's like you think of a band like um, think of like the Cars, you know. There's songs that uh, I think think he was their bass player that sang a few, and it sounds totally different. Like mm-hmm. it's got its own kind of thing, but it still works. It's still the Cars. Mm-hmm. I think you can do that for two or three. But if we just start cranking out power metal tunes and I'm singing all this high shit, um, over fast gallops,
1: right, 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 that's right. not what
0: we're about, and that's not. And your That's target, weird.
1: your target audience, in your case, your target audience is going to be like, what? Yeah, what, what are you doing? You know? yeah.
0: But at the same time, like I said maybe we'll slide in a song here, too, and then see how that sounds. Broaden it a little bit, maybe, maybe get the audience a, a little bit. Uh, bring this and bring that. Maybe they'll hear something that that I did and think, oh, well, I'll check this other stuff out. Oh, we like that. Or they'll hear something that I did and they hate that, but man, they like this other stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think but when you're when you're you gotta make sure that you're taking time out to do art for yourself.
1: Yes. I'm glad you finished with that because that was exactly where I wanted to go with this whole concept in this conversation about targeting. You can you can do all the science about selling that you want to do and you can really focus on on the things that um all the experts are telling us to do when we're selling a product, mm-hmm. right? Like a widget, right? But at the end of the day, the artist has to be fulfilled. Right. So the beauty of this is if, if you, it, this is not a field of dreams kind of thing. You, you don't make it and they'll show up. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, I made this piece of art because I enjoy making this kind of art, speaking of music or paintings or whatever it is you do. If that's your style and you love it, don't compromise that style for the sake of your audience. But find the audience that likes that style, yeah and, exactly, and go that direction, and then once you determine who that person is, specifically, narrow it down. what kind of car do they drive, right? What kind of motorcycle do they have?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what kind of home do they live in? what's their typical um, wage level you know and and really start focusing on letting these people know you've made something new, get them on a, a uh, a newsletter list, right? I know it's a little bit weird for some bands because bands are like, well, what? Right. A newsletter? Who that does that? That's always who? a big thing for us. Yeah. We used to do it?
0: that back when you still had to mail them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that today. There's a lot of people who give me cross eyed looks when I go, I still like to send a postcard every now and again to somebody who bought a painting for me. Yeah. I love sending thank you notes. Yeah. You know, a lot of times if I talk to a gallery or somebody who's selling my work and I go, can you give me the address and the name of the person who bought it? They look at you like you're trying to steal their customer. But it's more me saying, well, I want to send them a thank you. So a lot of times I'll, I'll give the, the gallery a, thank, a handwritten thank you to mail to them, you know. And, and sometimes I'm, I can be a prick. If they, want to re- <laughs> they really want to screw with me and say, well, I, I don't really want to do that. You know, and I know they could throw it away if I leave, but I don't always include postage. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm just like, hey, mail it. It's, it's good business. You should be doing the same thing. Right. And it is good business. You right. know, I know it's a little harder to do as a musician if you're selling a, uh, an album to just send a thank you. But I know, uh, like we got something from, from Chrissy, uh, mm-hmm. or I got something from Chrissy the other day uh, from Aletheia, uh a t-shirt, really cool t-shirt. Um, I loved it so much I had to put it in a video when I was recording live on my YouTube channel, but it's uh, based on the Cuyahoga Falls uh, trail system. Uh, I'm, I'm naming this all wrong, I'm sure, but uh, on the back of the shirt, it looks like a tour shirt, right? It's got all these <coughs> to, uh, all these trails mm-hmm. and their distance. Right? Oh, that's cool. So it looks just like a tour shirt. On the front side, it looks like Metallica's Kill em All but it says hike them all oh that's cool <laughs> so it's kind of neat it's green and instead of red and black it's green and black and it's, it's just cool I like it it's, nah, a, it's I like a neat it's sure fun. but the, the point of that is uh, I ordered it I thought I to I want to support the band you know and do that that sort of stuff and, and Chris wrote me a, a thank you and you know included Lisa in it my wife and I, I thought that was just really yeah. a, a nice personal touch that they they don't have to do it's a lot better so. than a fucking email it is. It is. So a lot of times as artists, I think it's important that we kind of get in there and say to ourselves, what can we do for our customer and our audience that nobody else is doing in our, our circle?
0: But you're talking about something totally different though. You're talking about connecting with the audience. You're talking about connect more so than targeting it. Yeah, 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 you know, connect, you've yeah. You've already yeah.
2: sold sold it. They've already come to the show. Yeah, that's great. That work's done. But but now you're trying to now you're trying to connect with them. Yeah. I think that's a great, beautiful thing. Yeah.
1: There's a weird noise in the house in there. Are they running water outside? Must be. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the mothership was coming to get us. <laughs> it does sound like it. They're coming along right now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. There's a, there's a whole lot to this conversation that there's a science behind it in marketing. There's... A whole lot of other things we could get into that I don't want to get into because I just, I want to bring this to everybody's attention that I think it's important that we, you know, understand the difference between making a painting or your art and just putting it out there. And then there's the second part of this coin, the other side of this coin where, and I know people do it, they change their creative
2: Mm -hmm.
1: output to match the audience that gives them the most money. And I personally think that's how things like these white paintings show up. You know, have you ever heard of those white paintings? Yeah. It's is. just, just a, a, a painting of white. Oh man,
2: I'd pay big money for that.
1: Well, Some not people bad. do. There was one, I don't remember. I'm not even going to give the artist any kind of credit anyway. Even if I did know the artist, I'm not going to share who it is, but there was recently, well, I don't want to say recently, Twenty twenty fifteen, 2015. There was a painting. Go look it up. Just, it's fun. I know we just talked earlier about looking it up, but I'm not going to give this guy any credit. All right. And this happens a lot. There's a lot of, um, it's it when abs- let me back up. When abstract expressionism came along, like Jackson Pollock, mm-hmm. right? It was just expressing yourself and however you want to do it, and that's that's cool. Whatever he wants to do, it's not my bag of tea. I don't really care for it. I think really? We, I think we all know this. Uh, I,
2: um, I
1: noticed. But then another movement came along in the 1960s and seventies of minimalism in art where it was just patches of color, you know, or no color at all. Just, just a painting of white, you know, and really, it got even worse to me about the emperor's new clothes. I hope people know that, that whole story, but, um, legitimately this painting in 2015, and there's a bunch like it sold for $20.6 million and it's fucking white. I got I got news for you. What are you doing? I, You're spending all I, I'm this time stupid. Cool yeah, yeah. I just you know, my m- clearly my customer does not want a white painting, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to give him one. I'd be so embarrassed. But, I mean, but, really, I'd be so embarrassed. Like I painted this, and uh, I can charge it because you didn't.
0: But somebody somebody <laughs> said that it had value. And yeah, there you go. That's all. It takes. You know, somebody well, said it had value.
1: I watched a video on it. Uh, Vox did a nice piece on it that uh I I enjoyed they talked to a uh industry professional I'll say it this way not a not an artist not a buyer but an industry professional uh-huh. you know the the other ones that kind of get in there and make money on everybody else and she was just going on about how you know yeah you could have done it but you didn't she so got a point she does but that was that was a that was a low under the belt jab for people who make art I think because the rest of her fallacy of it being valuable. She had a big fallacy. Yeah, she did. Must have. She had to be, um, was all about the intricacies of putting white on paper and how many different versions of white there are. And how, you know, I'm thinking, do you understand how stupid this sounds <laughs> <laughs> right now? It's like, we can all mix a color. And I don't know a lot of artists who take a stray out of the tube and just put it on there. But, that's this you know, guy thought or about or. it
0: and he put white on canvas and he sold it and I'm jealous as hell and I think it was a great move on his part. Cause yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's yeah, financially good for him. What if he would put one black stripe down it? That's been done too. I mean, it's all been done. We've nobody's making art that hasn't already been. I mean, I'm sure Jackson Pollock walked into a, a room one day and said, "I'm really glad with the color you guys did on the walls, but goddamn that that tarp on the floor looks fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> and he thought, I'm going to make money doing that. So, you know, I'm sorry. I had to bring that into this because yeah, I'm a dick. But it's, it's just one of them things where I think artists in that realm, I don't know that they're getting any real love of it. I think they just want people to see them as an artist. I'd like to talk to this guy. You think we can get him on the show? I doubt it. Even if, even if we could, to would be like, I ain't going on like guy's show. He's, he's awful. Terrible, and I don't like beer. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. I don't like beer, but yeah, beer. here we are. Well, you know, I think you do. I think you're a. a i think it
0: depends on. <laughs> I think it depends on on what the guy was thinking when he did it. If he just did it as a goof, I think that's pretty cool. If he did it and he was really trying to be serious, and he was trying, trying to, to be do serious. Different. I think that's kind of cool too.
1: It it is, but in my mind, where do you get off doing that? You know, it's like it'd be like John Five showing up to a concert. And you're ready to watch him play guitar. And he shows up with a guitar with one string and plays one note and charges everybody a lot of money to be there.
0: There's somebody that did that. Or you go, well, I mean, well, Prince was famous for not playing his hits and playing obscure stuff that nobody had heard. And it used to piss people off. It was a whole thing. I mean, I don't know. That's
1: a case of just screwing your audience though, right? Maybe even your customer. In that case, you paid to be there.
2: Yeah, so, it's hard uh, because, this, this because the, the the the
0: lover of art and music in me says, "Hey, you have an obligation to your audience to to do a little bit of that." And the artist in me says, "No, I don't have an obligation to a goddamn motherfucking thing. Right. I can go on stage and do whatever I want." But it is kind of a bait and switch if you know yeah. people spot your album and then you come and and you play you play a bunch of folk covers or something, you know? So
1: <laughs> Right. Right. Show up to a Taylor Swift concert and it sounds like Arch Enemy.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Angela. Speaking of which, Paul's got a nice shirt on today from Arch Enemy. It's a neat shirt. I like from The it. Chaos
0: Legion album. Yeah. I love that album. They, so, they do a cover of uh, The Book of Heavy Metal on there, another great power metal song
2: by uh, what, Dream Evil? Is it Dream Evil? Yeah. Oh, really? I haven't the heard of The Book that. of Heavy Metal.
1: I have never really? heard that. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll send you
0: two links when I go home. Okay. One of their version and one of the real version. That's really cool. All
1: right, let's get it. Get right, let's the, do it. We got to do the next part. Everybody's right. waiting for... Penis. Are you ready for this? We've reached oh. the segment of the show where I ask a few rapid-fire questions and give everyone listening enough rapid time fire. to finish that drink. Do, 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 do. Or grab do, one do, do, more because these aren't so rapid. I mean, <laughs> really. Chasing shiny shit, number one. Why do we always seem to think bling is better than staying on track and doing our best with what we are doing? NFTs come to mind for me. I know it's the new thing. I know everybody's doing it. I know there are people making good money at it. I just still really don't want to do it. I feel like it's okay, I'm I'm going to skip over what I've already done, skip over what I'm doing to test the water someplace else. I just, I'm not really there yet. New new
0: technology, new things, new ways of doing stuff, new techniques. All this is, is, it's a way to keep us excited. I don't think it really, nece- it doesn't necessarily help, help us reach an audience or, um, perhaps a
1: new audience.
0: I don't think it necessarily does that either. Sometimes like you go to electronic drums, sometimes there's a particular sound and maybe it, it, you're trying to go for an 80s thing or doing something. Yeah, but in general, new stuff comes out, and you've been you've already done what you've been doing, and I think we as artists get really excited about new stuff. Bass players yep. are are especially. Uh, They're prone to it. Yeah, always. No, that's why. That's <laughs> like why there's the so many different factor bass. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different shapes of bass guitars, so mm. many different pickup configurations. Yeah, yeah. There's really not on guitars. There's three basic shapes. Yeah, really. That, yeah, that guy there's there's really like three different pickup configurations i mean re- i mean i know i'm oversimplifying it but i'm i'm saying in general it, it's not i remember reading about uh, an article in bass player magazine where they talked about that how that these guitar companies would try to do different shapes and different stuff and guitar players just don't want that there are some that do why are you falling with the fucking timer
1: because i like watching the timer it was already gone. I don't want to bore people. I, I like to do it again, so when I know where we're at, and I know how long. Because I've got you might a little, not like to bore people. My but little you pissed me off. My little notes tell me, okay, don't, don't, don't linger on this. People don't want to linger. <laughs> Our audience doesn't want to linger. But still, I mean, it's like you know, and you're
0: like that. Anytime some new piece of fucking gear comes out, and you oh, like, I'm a, trying, yeah, yeah. You know. And so, but that's I, I think. I that's, can't help it. I think that's inherent to us. We are. There is a bit of a childlike wonder to all of us, I yeah. think, in, in, in art and people that love art. There's there's a way there's a magic there. And anything that is new and exciting, it it gets us excited. But normally we'll get something new like that and we'll try it. And sometimes it'll help us with whatever we're trying to create. And oftentimes it really didn't do a whole lot. It just got us excited and distracted us for a short time and we go back to doing the Same thing we've been doing for the last hundred years, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, but it's, it's always going to be like that. You're always going to get excited about something shiny, something new. You just have to not let it. Consume you. you Yeah. You can let, you can get distracted by it,
2: but you can't let it become a distraction. Yeah. And
1: that's not to say that if you do go down that path, you, you won't change and do something different. I know if you're into NFTs, I don't want to. What's an NFT? Non-fungible token. I've thought about having somebody on the show who I respect and I know they're doing them now and they weren't before and they've they've really done well with it. Uh, Their style of art fits the NFT model really well. It even had me thinking recently about, I do a lot of pen and ink work Mm -hmm. and then I cover the pen and ink up with watercolor. So the pen and ink goes away. It just doesn't exist anymore. So technically, if I were to photograph that, turn the black and white into an NFT, and the watercolor remains a traditional painting, I could make money both ways. It's a possibility. I don't know. I know there are some other traditional artists who are burning their original works. They're burning it. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll paint it, they'll photograph it, turning it turning it into an uh, a digital NFT. And then part of that NFT, they'll share the video of them burning the original painting to show that there is nothing else but that NFT. Now, where it gets a little confusing is people are going to say, but I can have a picture of that. If it's digital, all they can do is share it, right? Yeah. It it goes under the same mindset of there is only one Mona Lisa, but we've all seen it, right? You can look it up. You can admire the Mona Lisa by looking at it on your computer but that's not the Mona Lisa, the photograph of the Mona Lisa. And the, the theory with the NFT thing is that becomes the digital original and it's documented. It's being held up through the cryptocurrency process. That way it always has a transaction history. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very new. It's not something I'm I'm really buying into just yet. Although I do have friends who are doing it and enjoy it. Uh, musicians are using it. Uh, I've heard Mila Kunis is using it mm. to one of her Mila Kunis, yeah, in one of her movies. She's making an NFT on on it, and so uh, one
0: person will own that movie, and other people will watch a copy of it, and yeah, it's yeah, exactly yeah, it's, the same.
1: It's it's. it's it's just different for me. I'm just not really quite buying it yet. And, and everybody, the, there's a, I don't want to say young people because that's not very nice, but some of the younger, more early adopting type people out there in, on, in the world, um, have said, you know, you're, you're an old technology. When you go to learn, you got to step, step away from the oils and do this instead. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with tradition right you know and i enjoy that for me as an artist that's part of my enjoyment is i'm working traditionally you know i i'm taking the techniques and methods and materials of the masters that i admire the most and trying to duplicate my own style using their history mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah I don't want to say duplicating what they do. I almost said that, but that's not what I meant. So,
0: but you're right. duplicating the process.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duplicate. There's nothing overwhelmingly new mm-hmm. <laughs> about what I'm doing. It's just, you know, you look bored. No. Like, he, he's going down that path. I've been here. up I just since 4.30.
2: Yeah. I'm a little hit. Yeah. I, I feel
0: like I'm pretty with I, it for a guy that's very confused. Yeah, I texted you
1: in the middle of the night. Thinking it would be kind of fun to record outside. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, at, at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so. I will. I'll it's, be asleep. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, That's number number two. How do we identify our target market and really know our customer? How how do we do it? If it's so fucking easy, how do we do it? Of course, I never said it was easy, but you know, I had to put that in there.
2: I don't think, I don't
0: think you always know exactly who's going to like. What I don't think we said, when we started making music,
2: we didn't set out to become a, uh, a a biker type band or or whatever, play biker music or whatever, and, and we end up falling into that. That I don't want to say pigeonhole because I don't feel like it's a we've we've
0: ex, we've expanded on that and done some different things, but we're just in that. It's got a little bit of a classic rock sound. Yeah. We just were us, so I think, I think your audience—that's
1: a good starts, example—starts to find you. That's a good example of you making the music you wanted to make mm-hmm. and found the audience that went with it. Yeah, I mean, that's, it really is. Yeah,
0: that's it. Really, I mean, because you just don't know. I just we wanted to play music that we liked that had all of our influence in it, and it caught on with a lot of yeah. There's a lot of you know speed heads. Uh, Like that people that like fast cars and fast bikes and and like to cruise and like to be free and like to do this and that. Yeah.
1: And we just go good with that. But we didn't set out to become that kind of a band. Do you think this conversation might spark, at least in your mind, uh, different ways that you can market your music?
2: I don't know. I
0: mean, I'm pretty conscious about that. I know like with our last t-shirt run, everything, it was directly,
2: it was directly um pointed at the kind of places that we play and, the, yeah. and
0: um the kind of people that, that are at those places. So I mean it was a conscious effort. It was also stuff that, that we like. That's one thing. We're not gonna put something out just because just because, well, they're gonna like it, but I hate it. I gotta stand behind I'm yeah. I absolutely. gotta stand behind that. We you got three guys that everything we every note we play, every piece of merch that we do, it's it's a reflection of us. We have
2: to stand by that. So I'm not going to put out, um, I don't know, something that, that I'm not real into that.
1: That doesn't go with your music.
0: Or the, or the, that we're not about, like, we're not going to sell bats that are specifically to club baby seals. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where did that come I from? I don't know. I've said that a lot <laughs> this week that I want to club a baby seal one time, but no, you no. didn't.
2: no, but we're not going to,
0: that's not something that represents us. <laughs> but we've had shot glasses. You are tired. We've had, Tom, I'm very lucid right now, but, but we've had, you know, our, our audience likes to drink and have a good time and, and come out. So that's why, you know, you're not going to, if, if you're, if you're in a straight edge band that's against alcohol or something, you're not going to put out shot glasses. Right.
1: right, It's just one of those. Yeah. Again, you can't, you can't please everyone. No, but you so, got to do
0: stuff to, at the end of the day. Do I like it? Does does the people I'm collaborating with like it? Okay, then we'll put that out and we'll see what happens. Is there some tweaks that you can do, do some stuff? Yeah, I might not have. Maybe I would have went another direction if it was a different time or a different thing, but maybe we'll do this right here and see how that goes. Cause yeah. I don't know. I, I think you got to be conscious of it, but you can't be, you can't be chained to it.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I think you should be chained. In my opinion, you should be chained to your own conviction as an artist to make the art you want to make and go from there. But I don't know. Number three, finally, some may disagree with our deductions and that's all well and good, but would we rather focus our efforts on the people who might enjoy our art rather than shoving a fistful of dollars into the advertising market called everyone?
0: I don't know. I'd love to write a pop song. Everybody liked and make enough money to So I don't care. Yeah.
1: But that—that's reactionary, though, don't you think? I mean, it's like if you were to make something, just just on a whim, like you paint a white canvas, because <laughs> it's not something you normally do. But let's just see what happens. Maybe Christie's will pick it up and 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 they'll sell it for two point or twenty point six million dollars. By all means, paint a blue one next. You know <laughs> that, right. thats the thing that kills me. Is these artists who do these kinds of paintings? Why don't they amplify that message and say? okay, the white one did w- really good. Let's let's do green. But they don't. They do one. They're one-hit wonders, like Nickelback.
0: Well, Nickelback's got a lot of hits. Well, yeah. I mean, I know you hate to admit it, but it is
2: true. Yeah, I... <laughs> that is a good question, but
0: you've already yeah. done it on maybe, I mean, maybe they truly were doing it to be artistic, and they've already done that once. Why would you do it? Why would I do a blue one if I've already done a white one, and I've not that out. I mean, yeah. I can see not doing it.
1: I think they're laundering money. They could be. <laughs> That's a big deal. It's it's in there. Yeah, it's 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 a major problem. I'd like to talk about that one day. I would love to do this, do an episode in prison with somebody who has laundered money through art. Just sit down with them in their cell, drink beer in front of them. <laughs>
0: And said, yeah, it's like, anyone in their, mind, mind, in their right mind mind's going to pay $2 million for this. But that's why we did it. And then mm-hmm. we split the money. Mm-hmm. I mean.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's a whole nother subject, really. It would be fun. I don't know. I just.
2: Live from San Quentin.
1: <laughs> I would like to be out there. That'd be fun. I, I, I like San Francisco. I don't necessarily want to go to San Quentin. I mean, it's, it, God, I'm on a different, different. This is hard for me to focus today. There's so much shit going on really is. I'm starting a new process next week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say new, uh, as you can see in my, my little work board up there. I, uh, I really have been paying attention to everything Mm -hmm. quite specifically. And, uh, about two weeks ago, I started a, um, production calendar to produce artwork on a schedule so that I reached the number of paintings in a year that I really need to reach to make galleries and customers happy. And of course, you know, I decided to do that a couple of weeks before my work, our work told us we had to do things differently mm-hmm. than what we had originally planned for. And as you might imagine, things kind of got a little bit quirky, which is...
0: Hilarity ensued. <laughs>
1: yeah, which is why a lot of my stuff hasn't gotten done. And I'm lazy. Something happened to me. It's like, it's like I got into this and said, okay, I just, I can't do this anymore. I just, it's hard to work 40 hours a week and 20 or 30 hours a week as an artist. Mm -hmm. Again, back to our target market or my target market and my audience, um, two totally different income levels in a lot of ways, but I need to make art that's good for my local market. That way I can buy materials, which I know this is going to sound terrible when I say it like this, but my local market is really only being fed to give me the money to make the bigger paintings that I can sell in bigger markets.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, The bigger markets right now are really hard for me to get into because I don't have um, a lot of what I need to make the bigger markets excited to share it. Uh, For example, I'm not going to get into... A particular gallery right now that I'm looking at because I don't have 20 paintings that represent what I'm working on right now that are available at a certain price point. I'm trying to keep this kind of big, I know, but Mm -hmm. at a certain price point. But I also know that I need that certain price point in order to make a living from my work, if that makes any sense. It does. So, um. I guess you can look at this and I wanted to kind of elaborate on this just a little bit, but you can treat your, your audience and your target market at different levels too. You know, you, you've got one level here that might be, a, might be what you consider economy. And you've got another level up here. That's maybe a little bit more willing to spend money over economy. And then you've got like the upper level of people who kind of come and go and you may never see very often, but they make up, of your income. And that's, that's the crew that you want. For example, if in music, uh, you've got the folks who come and and pay for a show. You've got the people who, uh, buy CDs and merchandise. You've got people who, uh, might be part of your audience who love to hear your music and they love to share it with other people, but they may not be really financially in a place where they can afford to to do all the things that you want to do. But then you've got that, one special customer who puts on, they'll actually pay you to show up and do a a party, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're paying the whole bill for everything that you need. They're, they're few and far between compared to the people who are buying CDs or merch, whatever. But that's, those are your different levels of marketing in terms of your target market. Don't, I guess where I'm going with this is don't, don't pigeonhole your target into saying one type of person because a lot of artists, myself included, have different levels of market. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it might be a good way for you to even think about how you want to spend your marketing money.
0: Well, that's a good uh, a good point on that is is with our target art audience, they like CDs still, and mm-hmm. that demographic does. They like to have something physical mm-hmm. to burn, and I'm, I'm like, I fall under that category, but that's why we made a conscious effort to make an actual physical disc. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good point but that's not always going to work for all different a lot of you know younger generation they don't want that they want to go home and use the download code or whatever and that's right. fine too or just listen to it on Spotify right but that's why you go the extra mile with the artwork and and the stuff to have that be a physical medium give somebody a, a reason to, to want, want that instead of it's just a plain white CD in a plastic
2: bag that's just part of knowing your audience.
1: <laughs> I think it is. I think it is part of knowing your audience. What's this clock? How long has that been there?
0: That's really cool. I like it's.
1: That. It's been there for a while. Lisa didn't like it. It was in our living room for a long time. Does
0: the gears move in the back? No,
1: does... I wish they did. Yeah. It's it's very steampunk. Yeah, oh, I love uh, steampunk. That's cool. And you probably haven't noticed it because the last couple of times you've recorded with me in here, we had sound blankets up and oh, things. Oh, okay. Uh, everything was pretty much hidden. but. Uh, you know,
2: the washer's running. That's what that noise is. That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> the center gear moves. That's cool. Yeah. There's, you know. But at any rate, or at any rate, I hate that phrase. Really. At any rate, way. yeah, give them something to talk about. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think we did it all here. We talked about everything I, we needed to talk about. What else is there to say, Mike? Yeah, <laughs> nothing really. Did you like the beer?
2: Yeah did you really I didn't hate it
1: I took another drink either I'm worried because you didn't take a lot of drink.
0: well it's not real strong
1: it's like 7% I just don't love it but I don't hate it I say it's not real strong it's only like 7% yeah. that's a lot for love
0: the other one knocked me on my ass that near
1: beer <laughs> it, it, it's got a nice butterscotch flavor after drinking the, the scotch ale scotch style ale so Scottish know. ale yeah Dead Air Mike. Yeah, I was just, you know, Paul's pointing out the window and I'm trying to figure out who that is and not real sure. Hmm. I kind of yeah. have an idea who it oh. might be. <laughs> That's cool. But I don't know. Nothing like some visitors. Yeah. <laughs> we get all all kinds of people showing up out here at my studio and uh, it's kind of fun. It's uh yes, it's good time. Yeah. Go. Can you get the AR fifteen in a corner over there, please? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anywho. Share this episode. Subscribe if you're not already, and I'd love for you to leave us a review. Nobody ever does, so just do it. It made me feel better. And Paul, Paul lives care. on it. I do I? Yeah,
0: I don't care if they review it. Just want <laughs> say listen, listen
1: to it. Tell a buddy. Yeah, tell a friend. That's the best review. To, if they yeah, keep listening. yeah, exactly. I'm thankful all. Of, I'm thankful all of you listening shared your time with us, and I sincerely hope this episode got you thinking about your own creative journey and your audience, your customer. Start really thinking about the things you do. Paul, thanks for for being here. No, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse thirsty. Cheers, buddy.
0: All right. All right, here it goes. Down Down, the hatch. hatch. that's what I said.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I've had worse.
2: (laughs) See ya.